Welcome to the HBM Podcast. I am Jack Stained Finger, and I am joined by Frank and Hello. Jay. Howdy. Frank and Jay, how are you doing? Who's saying first what? <laughs> I, I like to say that in the hopes that anyone uh, who goes first gets to talk. Okay. But, uh, it's, just, it's, it's like I have you both in a box, and I throw a baseball bat in there and just see what happens. Okay, cool. I try not to interrupt people because I'm the most loud, annoying person in the world. No, when by sometimes I mean always. (laughs) I exonerate you from your loudness. You are now free of sin. Okay, cool. Nothing make one so vain as being told one is a sinner, you know. Yeah, no, totally. And there's our first quote. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) well, let's 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 just say. uh, well, let's just say what we're talking about today. Uh, we are doing the first movie ever on HBM. Wow! Woo! Wow! Woo! Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's 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 not a movie you probably saw coming in any way, shape, or form. It's a Velvet Goldmine from 1989. I want to say 89. Uh, 98. 98. Yes. Nine, uh, I'm dyslexic. Shut up! Don't bully me. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's uh, thank you. I, I had the nine and eight, and also in my native language, we we are like a uh, we are still stuck in the Middle Ages, so we say eighty and nine. So it, I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know why we do that. But this is all highly relevant. But anyway, we're talking about Velvet Goldmine, and uh, since that this is an excessively queer movie, I had to find my secret queer weapon, which is Jay. Hello. Jay's, yes, Jay. Uh, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, if you want. You don't have to. Uh, sure. So my name is Jay. I am one of the three co-hosts on the Library Punk uh, podcast. It's about oh. leftist library workers. Uh, you should go listen to it, even if you're not a librarian. It's pretty fun. Um, we've had some, you know, f- probably familiar names on there, like Kyle, Labor Kyle, um, the, the Horror Vanguard people, you know, all, all those fun folks. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm a librarian. I'm a music librarian, uh, actually. Um, so this film <laughs> is very suited towards me. Um, and Velvet Goldmine has been basically my favorite film since I was like, I don't know, 15 or 16. Then I'm like 29 now. So it was a very formative movie for you. Or? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> if you want to know everything about me and about the way that I am, watch this movie. You now know me. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I, I do need to formally apologize to uh, Jay because when he suggested this um, this movie, I was like, okay, well, I don't mind. Anyone that wants to be on this podcast can suggest anything. And as long as they like uh, can talk about it in an interesting way, I'm fine with it. But I did have my doubts in the beginning. If this movie was like, oh, I'm going to have to say about this, or uh, is there anything interesting I can say about this, or does this fit? And oh, it's such a remarkable pick as the first movie of uh, for HBM. Oh, and yeah. then I saw the movie, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm, <laughs> I was so wrong. It, it literally, okay. <clears throat> Can't get right into it because, once again, I want to draw a little bit more attention to the thing that I want to talk about. But it starts off very early with a quote, and that quote like generated two-thirds of my notes for this episode so it's like you know um and it's not one of the oscar wilde quotes either yeah right so it's it's okay we will get to that quote very soon it's just uh yeah i uh, shout out to jay for picking an immaculate uh, choice oh Oh, absolutely yeah it's it's fairly neatly fits in 
to a bunch of things that I really want to talk about and haven't really had the chance to so far on this on this very specific podcast. A little bit on the left page, but not so much on Herbie Media, uh, which are essentially the same thing, but don't don't tell anybody. Um, it's, uh, it's. I mean, <laughs> we've done movies on left page, and this one <laughs> is go- it likely <laughs> turns out to be the the horniest episode since. So yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel to episode Z uh, on Zardos uh, and Sean Connery. Oh my god. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, this is likely going to surpass that or at least match it. The penis is evil. <laughs> the gun is good. The penis is evil. I'm obsessed with that movie as well, so, so you know. It's <laughs> the best summary of American politics, I think. In, uh, yeah. Like Christian nationalism. I think that's like... <laughs> anyway. Welcome to the Stardust episode. No, um, <laughs> no, um, it's um, I, I, yeah. So anyway, shout out to Jay for picking an immaculate choice. Like honestly, it's amazing. It has so many. Oh, we, we will. We, you, you, dear listener, you will see. Or you will hear, <laughs> I guess, throughout the episode uh, how many touching points there are to this work. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not that familiar with Todd Haynes, uh, which is the director of the movie, by the way. I'm very uh, familiar I, with him. If you want me to talk about him at all. <laughs> I only seen Darkwater, Blackwater. What's it called the latest one with Mark Ruffalo? Oh, I haven't about, seen that one. It's it's about a spillage. Well, now we are amazingly complimentary towards each other, but um, <laughs> it's um, no, it's a uh, it's a movie about like oil, like chemical spillage in like a village or whatever. It's it's something that Mark Ruffalo really gets his uh, well, anyway, gets uh, gets really into, I suppose, because he. Like does some activist, uh, mm-hmm. very mellow uh, climate activist stuff. But um, anyway, this this all doesn't fucking matter. Uh, so, <laughs> Velvet Goldmine. What is the movie about? For those who haven't, which sadly probably are a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, and you should see it by the way. Let me just start it's off. So good. Oh, watch if, it. If, watch it. If you're even remotely interested in anything queer whatsoever, watch this movie. Yeah. It has Ewan McGregor in it. Full John- frontal Ewan McGregor. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> yes. I was getting to that. I was getting to that. <laughs> um, it has Ewan McGregor in it. And then Jonathan, uh, what's his name again? Jonathan Myers. Reese Myers. Yeah. Reese Myers. Mm-hmm. Who, and I'm sorry, this is the straightest thing, straightest thing I will say this entire episode. But I only know him from Tudors and Vikings, which are two very... <laughs> Uh, mediocre TV shows about, guess what? Vikings and the uh, Tudor period in England. Well, about the life of Henry VIII, which yeah. is, if you look at Jonathan Rice Myers, that's the last person yeah. <laughs> that should play Henry VIII. Henry VIII is a fucking unit of a guy. It's like, he, okay, it's fine. We're not going to body shame Henry VIII. Um, now that I've opened the Henry VIII gate, I will say. Henry VIII is, and this is not going to be important, but I want to say this, so I'm going to say this. Uh, Henry VIII is the closest thing we in the West have ever gotten to having actual Batman. And what I mean by that is that... Fiona has told me this before. <laughs> yes. Um, Henry VIII went at night, went out of the palace with a mace and in a cloak and like was like pummeling people who like what the uh, committed acts of social indecency. <laughs> And then he got like arrested by like the the the, the, the militia, and it's like, well, 
you have to be the tank now. And he's like, I'm the king. It's like, you sure you are, buddy. And then the <laughs> palace magister had to come by and said like, say like, hey, no, this is the actual king you have here. And they're like, oh, fuck. Anyway, oh, so long story short, um, <laughs> besides besides hurting women, um, his... And, and that connects because Christian Bale's Batman. Yeah, right? Yes. It's and actually, in this movie. Actually, this is all plans. Wow. Actually, this is all plans. You, thank you for <laughs> conceiving the amazing red thread I have woven through, silver lining that I've woven through everything. No, um, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, that's what I know him from. So for him, um, I know that guy has been through some stuff. Yeah. Um, like addiction and like uh, addiction to multiple things. And mm-hmm. um, I was happy to see him in. <laughs> in Vikings mainly because I was like oh that dude is still alive good 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 I wonder oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know I, I heard he like once again uh, didn't do very well after tutors and stuff mm-hmm. so I was like oh hmm. mm. which tutors by the way also has Henry Cavill in it for those who like that yeah. sort of thing um, it's it's not necessarily very historically accurate. It, oh, wow! Okay. When so are his? We need to do well anyway. <laughs> should I <laughs> should I explain do... the film for our our lovely listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm also going to play about <laughs> Michael Hurst, and that's going to be <laughs> sorry. So, uh, Velvet Goldmine is a 1998 film by Todd Haynes, and for those of you who aren't familiar with Todd Haynes, he is one of the directors of, like, in the 90s, the new queer cinema. Um, this is where you start getting a lot of, like, transgressive uh, queer film by multiple directors. So, like, Todd Haynes has done a triptych horror movie um, about queerness that also talks about, like, John Janae, and there were films about, like, Leopold and Loeb in the new queer cinema, like, you know, you know queers getting to be bad um, was part of the new queer cinema, like not being in any way palatable towards a straight audience. And <laughs> Todd Haynes also is very into, um, I would say, period pieces. Like he did Carol. Uh, he did this. He did uh, like kind of a remake of a Douglas Sirk film. He's very into like capturing a period, including like a music period right like and he just did like a documentary about the velvet underground as well yeah um so those are some of his like director trademarks i would say um and velvet goldmine was originally going to be a sort of like directly about david bowie um and sort of his relationships with iggy pop and lou reed and his like rise and fall like around like the ziggy stardust and like the berlin era um but all of the sort of inf like St- like um, like the books that they were going to be using for that um, were like from Bowie's ex-wife as well as other biography and so Bowie said no like no to any sort of right of his likeness or life or his music and I think that's for the better because then we get this really like kind of vague hazy like nostalgic thing about more like glam rock instead of yeah. David Bowie and so this film is, has the same exact structure as Citizen Kane where there is in a journalist who gets asked to um, do a story on the you know pop star glam rock star Brian Slade, who um, ten years earlier had faked his own assassination on stage, and this was something David Bowie was actually paranoid about in real life, by the way. Um, and then so then it's like this guy like interviewing various people from Brian Slade's life. Um, and then sort of we learn about Brian Slade through these narrations and flashbacks. 
Um, so that's that's the movie, really. Um, yes. If you mm-hmm. see Citizen Kane and you like David Bowie, you've seen this film. Um, but it's way more <laughs> well, complicated and complex. well, well, more instead way more of a <laughs> sorry, <go on. laughs> it's way more like complicated and complex than that. But that is sort of like the basic structure of, of this film. But it's about so much more. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get into all of that. Yeah, it so doesn't we got, have. Go on. Yeah, yeah. So we got like. Christian Bale, actually, as Arthur Stewart, who is our journalist. We've got Jonathan Rhys Myers as Brian Slade, who is our Bowie character. We've got Ewan McGregor as Kurt Wilde, who is both uh, Iggy Pop and Lou Reed. Uh, we've got um, Tony Collette, the Queen, as Mandy Slade, who is supposed to be um, Angie Bowie. Um, and also a bit of like Sally Bowles from the musical Cabaret, uh, I would say. Um, and Eddie uh, Izzard or Izzard, uh, she is in this as like the um, like the record producer, sort of. Yeah, the, yeah. the symbol, that, the yeah. personification of capitalism. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so that that's our sort of like main cast and stuff. So people know who we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. we're going through. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess I, I'll start off because uh, I agree once again with what you said about. Uh, it's a good thing that Bowie isn't wasn't allowed to insert, be inserted into this movie, because mm-hmm. it allows a more because once again as influential as Bowie is, and once again I want to talk a little bit about about Bowie if that's cool. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. As we influential have to, as I think, yeah. right? It's, uh, <laughs> as influential as he was, I think glam rock is so much more, and like it's a much broader thing and all that. Um, so let me just okay, let me just start off with a positive relationship that I have with Bowie and um, we'll, we will see where it goes but um, it's uh, uh, I talked in the first episode of Here Be Media about how my uh, stepfather who was like my real father in every shape in every uh, way shape or form he introduced me to like mythology history and like there's three pillars which is mythology history uh, okay maybe four <laughs> mythology history video games and David Bowie and Freddie Mercury and yes. th- those are the four things <laughs> that he imbued me with since a young age. So once again, I owe a lot to him from like for like having a good like uh, social development, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's like I have very initially I had a very positive uh, relationship with uh, from a young age with glam rock and like you know Freddie Mercury and David Bowie, who he told like you know like we're not heterosexual men, although asterisks there but definitely Freddie Mercury wasn't like a heterosexual and like that's like from a young age allowed me to be like I don't know I guess open I don't know open minded is the right word but uh, there was very little room for negativity regarding anything uh, queer and like I was allowed to uh, <laughs> to to do my own metaphoric uh, how do you say this uh <laughs> smearing blood over my lips as lipstick like yes. the scene that we we will get to that sounds which, weird of course to you is everything <laughs> yes which is everything but like you know like uh we will get to that a little bit uh, in a moment but that's i was never allowed um or i was all i guess given all the room to like not submerge any uh queerness that i might or might not have experienced from a young age School, however, did do that, but that's <laughs> maybe that will be relevant later on. Depends how much I want to talk about my own experience. There's always so much to talk about, so I'm, I don't know. So anyway, so I do want to talk about the aspects, which is like, uh, which is a thing that I think we can all relate to a little bit. Um, 
there have been some interesting quotes from Bowie about uh, like him calling himself uh, like a closeted heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you, you, you back of dicks. Anyway, um, it's just, I mean, sure, I guess there, there was maybe an interesting way to talk about it. I just don't, didn't, don't think he did, especially because he, well, we can't say there just isn't any perspective that would say that he doesn't, didn't profit from being queer in a way. Like, sure, there's a lot of problems that come along with it, but he was like iconified for mainly before embracing that queer identity. And mm-hmm. there's a one-for-one yeah. scene. Uh, well, no, not one-for-one. But there is, like, metaphorically, there is a uh, <laughs> there is a one-for-one scene in this movie with Brian Slade, the main Bowie character, or, like, you know, the glam rock character. The main artist that where everyone, like, uh, circles around. But it isn't about him. But he has this scene where he essentially, like, openly embraces his bisexuality, which is also done by Bowie in an interview, I believe. Yep. I don't mm. remember where that was and with who, but I very distinctly remember Bowie like talking about uh, he, that he likes both uh, men and women. So, yeah, there's, there's this one-for-one thing, and he also said, and once again, I have a lot of patience for people who have a history of drug addictions, and like, you know... Yeah, I would I, say this film is very not sympathetic to yeah. drug use, except maybe psychedelics, because the, like... The main like queer sex scene at the end, um, are our Christian Bale. Yeah. yeah, he's on mushrooms at the time, <laughs> yeah. and so, so which like yeah. hell yeah. But. <laughs> I believe fungus Bowie alert. Was... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's just yeah. I also believe Bowie said like some other weird shit about like oh I think UK could do well on a fascist ruler or whatever. I fake vaguely recall him saying something like that. I was like ah shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah just, yeah yeah. Like for a while Bowie's like. Like only thing he put in his body was like milk, red peppers, and coke. Yes, yeah. He, he had a, a literal fascist phase, which you know it's like. Yeah, it, he it, sure did. It, it's not a thing. It's like, yeah, people can have situations with drugs and uh, bastards. But like, yeah. usually you you don't turn to fascism. He did. Uh, it's, he it's, recanted it's, most of them, I think, afterwards. Fortunately, but still, you know, it's. But, and that's like the entire thesis of this film is aesthetics like leading to fascism yes. if you don't actually like root them in anything which is exactly what happened to Bowie yeah 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 and I I, I do want to say I, I agree with that at the same time I recently have said uh, a very specific sentence a lot which is like um, during there's a certain artist in the news right now for their anti-semitism we all know who it is yes. but mm-hmm. um, it's I have and, and the, the excuse is like oh they are bipolar oh they lost their mom it's like I know people who are bipolar I know people who have lost their mom none of them somehow have felt the urge to say anti-semitic stuff yes so I wonder what that's you know it's like I, I by all means I always preach understanding I always preach like radical empathy of when I can which is the closest thing that I would ever identify as as uh, having an ideology like I, I, I don't know what my other ideology is politically whatever but I only want to preach radical empathy and, and equality that's that's all I care for and but that's all beside the point so it's like People, like, we all have had people saying weird shit and saying, like, well, I was drunk, I was tired, and I was like, I have been so drunk and so tired, my guy. For some reason, I've never said anything racist. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, so, anyway, sorry for, for that whole sidetrack, but that's something I've been 
uh, been quite miffed about lately. Yeah, so, when I'm so. manic and sleep deprived, I only feel more insecure and anxious. I, I don't start attacking yes. minorities. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild how this and then it it is always said in such a way that you must just accept it because otherwise you have become the insensitive one or whatever and like all right well guess i'm insensitive i don't know it's uh it, it's weird but sorry back to velvet goldmine <laughs> yeah um, so to draw it back to the film uh it's not at all sympathetic of like yeah you know like other people doing drugs they're okay like in your case you're just being an asshole and uh, even when you go clean you go you become even more of an asshole so you know it's um Drugs aren't really just the cause, are they? Hmm. No. Yeah. Like they, they have clear accelerating properties, and that's, a, that's, that's it. But it doesn't show anything that isn't already inside you. Yeah, that's exactly. a very important distinction, I think. But um, the, the movie uh, starts off with a quote that I think is a good, like, I don't know. I know we shouldn't call it the thesis, but like <laughs> the, the philosophical silver lining throughout yes. everything of this. Does, some, does someone want to say it? Because I've, I've already said enough. So sure. Okay. Me- meaning is not in things, but in between them. Yes. By Norman is, Brown. Yes, Norman Oliver Brown, which is um, a very interesting figure that I happen to know a little bit about. I was like, so I'd like this. this See, I thought this was a made-up quote for the movie because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, the, it, it, well, it fits it so well, so you're totally justified in thinking that. It is just either tri- quadruple whiplash, as in once again the cast like Ewan McGregor, Jonathan Rice Davy, uh, Myers, and Christian Bill, and then Norman, <laughs> like Norman, as like I don't know, that was that was really uh, it was quite like oh four things I know and didn't expect to be in this movie, <laughs> so that's quote really solidified like oh yeah there's there's got to be something here isn't it, and I think that is such a it's such a good quote because once again. It is gonna. This, this probably episode gonna be most about relation, I guess. Yes. Oh, definitely. Relation things to another and from, and uh, so if that's not your thing, fucking deal with it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's important. It's queer history. Shut up. Yes. Um, oh, is, you don't culture. Be, yeah, you don't want to be queer for by pausing the podcast to know. <laughs> We're gonna weaponize the, the shit out of this. Yeah. It's uh, no. It's. Just, Okay, sorry. So, uh, he's a classicist, and um, and mainly that did translations from for Hesiod. And for those who don't know who Hesiod is, it's like it's it isn't Bark and Bin Homer, but it's like you know like slightly less known Homer. It doesn't matter. But we we credit Hesiod and Homer uh, of our understanding of like Bronze Age Greek, uh, Hellenic uh, anything really. Like they were very important together. This is all irrelevant, but. I know, I know it, so I have to say it. I'm neurotic like that. I'm sorry. It's uh, so it's and he like wrote like three books that are uh, kind of interesting. I not a lot of people talk about them, which I think is too bad because he has a very uh, non-hostile attitude towards queerness. And I do think uh, well, he wrote a lot about psychoanalysis, and I do think that psychoanalysis regarding queerness is. Uh, Ooh, uh, there, there's a lot there. Um, <laughs> that I'm not necessarily a particular fan of. And uh, Brown does uh, have three collections of essays. Love's Body, Lo- uh, Love's Body, Life Against Death, The Psychoanalytical Meaning of History. So 
I, I know a person that's gonna like lose their shit when I hear that title. And uh, Apocalypse and or Metamorpho Metamorphosis. And those are his three collections of essays. And I, I do think they're very interesting. I haven't read, uh, I only read life, uh, only read the parts. Sorry, I have to be, I have to be correct about this. <laughs> I only read a part about life against death. And uh, <laughs> which was only to impress somebody, I'm going to be honest here. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> not necessarily any, for any other particular reason, but that's how I happen to know him. And um, in in the uh, apocalypse one, believe it's it has some Benjaminian instincts. I would say, like it's he talks about like how important once again what the quote says. So like how important it is to uh, how the significance of relation to one another can be used uh, as to dismiss or annihilate existential dread and i think that's well anyway that's that's probably what we're going to talk about in multiple different ways um so yeah that's a very interesting quote to use um i don't know uh which book actually or which collection of essays that quote is from so sorry to <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's one of these three books so there you go Ta -da. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah it, it also it kept thinking i kept thinking about that quote because it, it's about well, in between things, you can also think about that in terms of like time and transitions and the various transformations yes, that the characters yeah. and their lives and their own existences go through, and like how much of that we do not see. We see elements yes. before, during, and after, and that's about it. We rarely see the process. We see individual moments of it when we do. So yeah, th there's a lot to that quote that talks about this movie and the way that it's. Well, it's a uh, inverted commas structure uh, happens because this is a this is a this is a movie with quite an odd structure because you go back and forth and back and forth and in between and in tangents and weird moments and sections which are ac excellent actually like when the dolls talk to each other, mm -hmm. but. Yes, which is a reference to uh, another Todd Haynes film, one of his first, uh, <gasps> called Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story, which he cannot legally release because he did not get the permission from uh, Karen Carpenter to use the music. Oh. Um, but it's all in dolls. Yeah. <laughs> That's magnificent. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Um, I, I think, once again, it's a quote that fits it amazingly. And I was very, it, it, it really shifted my gears. Like, oh, going to have to pay attention uh, to this now. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like, oh, this isn't just a queer movie where queer yeah, people I, do queer things. It's not just that. Yeah, because it's like, I don't know, I feel like to, to talk about that, but from a slightly different uh, point of view, like what I uh, find very problematic about queer cinema, and mainly this is not queer cinema, but like, queer stories done by done by non-queer people or what have you I, I do feel I don't know if they're not done by non-queer people but they the stories the queer stories in media that are then popular with with a universal audience which is to be understood as straight I think uh, or like mainly straight and like you know those who are like rise to critical acclaim are about queer suffering mm -hmm. and yeah. and there's always like this very because it feels like there's never there rarely is then a queer movie that's very popular and liked by straights without queer suffering in it 
and like once again, I think the movies like Moonlight and like Handmaid, uh, Handmaiden, is like the Handmaiden or Handmaiden still very important distinction. <laughs> I um, love the Handmaiden. It, I've got the um, poster in hanging up in the room that I'm in right now. It, it's nice. so good. It's so it's good. So good. And and like and these these are very important movies, and I I like them quite a bit. Like once again, Moonlight has other elements to it, but it's it just feels like. The ones that reach critical critical acclaim have to be about like queer suffering, and this movie has queer suffering in it, but in a very interesting way. And I, I once again, it is only it's there to be juxtaposed to the Brian Slade story. So uh, I would like to move on to like the scene that is everything that we talked yes. about. Um, the scene that is everything. The scene that is everything. And the scene that is everything is about a person named Jack. And Jack gets beat up at in school and then comes home with like a bloody lip. And whilst looking in the mirror, Jack uh, smears the blood of his uh, of their lip across their lips and as if it was like a lipstick. And thus, in this very simple act, while looking in a mirror, reaffirms their own identity through pain in- induced by the other. And it's that that's once again, that is everything. And, like, and, and the narration at that point, um, um, it's uh, Jack Ferry uh, knew that there were others quite like him. Yes. And one day the whole stinking world would be <laughs> theirs. Yeah, yes. it's yeah, uh, it, yeah, it, and it it's at that point like I realized oh oh and based on what we saw of Arthur at that point because there's someone else named Arthur played by Christian Bill, I realized that the queer suffering was going to be juxtaposed to queer emergence. So yes. like this this uh, the story of Jack in that case and Brian Slade are kind of juxtaposed to Arthur's subversions of his queer identity mm-hmm. and yeah. admittedly if, if we want to look at the practicality of things which I don't think is that interesting but just quickly worth mentioning uh, Arthur did have a couple un- unfortunate extra things happening to him and all that like you know his relationship with his parents and so forth which were probably were also problematic for Brian and Jack but still you know they're that's... very a clockwork orange his family yeah, <laughs> yeah and there's an and there is like an actual clockwork orange reference in the um, one music video in the film um, and so it's like this he's just like living in like the clockwork orange house basically this movie then with the relationships is it, it's interesting because once again it has such a thoughtful exploration of how this pain of being in a world that doesn't accept you for who you are can be both disfiguring and transformative at the same time and depending on what you well at the end of the day what you choose which i which sounds too accusatory i don't like it saying it like that maybe maybe someone has a better conceptualization of it but you get to choose who you are at the end of the day and it's always going to be painful no matter what but i i guess it makes an argument for not killing off that queerness within yourself submerging it like arthur does for so long Mm -hmm. and and you know, I do think that's a very powerful statement to make. I don't know. That's, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's it, it shows like uh, you know because we get the, this whole moment. The, the movie mostly 
is about these memories and, and visions and stories that were told that passed in the late 70s. And we have Arthur digging these stories afterwards and remembering w what he did and, and, you know, the stories that he stole uh, in the 80s, in 84, I think. 1984, which it, it is a reference to a David Bowie album um, that takes place in 1984. And, like, the reference, like, to it is supposed to be, like, the novel 1984 as well. So this is like a dystopian fascist state that they're now living in. Uh, Frank has a long relationship with that novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like the novel. I, I don't like Orwell <laughs> and I hate dystopias. Uh, but, you know, the 80s were a kind of dystopia. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, uh, it works. Yeah. It, it works really well. That's like, you know, you have... And the movie is quite... Uh, it's obvious about it and it's yeah. good. I I think it's Diamond Dogs that's the 1984 film or album of Bowie's. Possibly. Like, that's, like, about it, but I might be wrong. It might be Diamond Dogs, I, though. I, I think it's Diamond that. Dogs. Also yeah. because Hideo Kojima, video game maker of Metal Gear Solid, is a big Bowie fan. There's a Major Tom in uh, Metal Gear Solid, and there's nice. also a mercenary group called Diamond Dogs. So nice. I'm pretty sure that checks out. I don't know why. Didn't think I would be. Didn't think I would be talking about Hideo Kojima in in the fucking oh, well. Goldmine episode. But here we are. I wonder uh, if he likes this movie. That rule. Yeah, I, I, hmm, hmm. There is a bisexual character in Metal Gear Solid somewhere, but uh, <laughs> anyone bisexual in a thing means that person has watched Velvet Goldmine. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I do think Obviously. that's a good hand rule to have, actually. Let's see, you were talking about, like, um, meaning and relationships and, like, a queer emergence. Yeah, so the queer emergence yeah. is, is <laughs> like, it understands that, like, for Arthur, forcing to be, like, part of the uh, because Arthur is so subdued as well as a person. Yeah. Because for he such a long time. He's got these rosy cheeks. <laughs> well, it's just like, um, I was going to like adult slash journalist Arthur, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, is so submerged compared to glam or like uh, glitter Arthur, I guess we can call him. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word for it. But it's, 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 it's so interesting to see like, it understands this forced conformity as a means of survival and preservation of physical health so well like it's because once again it <laughs> this is what i mean with the blood on the lip is everything because it is such a very visceral symbol mm -hmm. of what is done to queer people and uh, for being themselves yeah and it's so embodied as well like that is like a bodily fluid Right, yeah. like it goes from being just like a metaphorical thing to like this is physical. Yeah, like, and not to be yeah. not to be sanguinistic about things, because but it is, <laughs> but but it is, um, yeah. Well, it is a very clear motive, like it's a very clear uh, symbol for everything, like you said. And I don't know, it's it's there, there's there's another thing as well that's uh, to give them maybe a bit more context, the uh, Ewan McGregor character. Uh, Kurt Wilde, oh. which <laughs> do you do you know how many times I like could not watch this film before I got top surgery because looking at him I was like I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is fair. everything in this. I, I once again I 
big big fan of the guy. What, what's not to like about Ewan McGregor, you know? I watched a whole movie about salmon fishing just because of him. Which says a lot, I suppose, about me. That's <laughs> neither here nor there. It's there's this so this character, Kurt Wilde, that Ewan McGregor plays. It is then theorized within the lore of the movie. Because we don't know if it happens, but um, that he goes to shock camp, essentially, for being queer. Mm-hmm. And which is happened sh- to Lou Reed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Precisely. So it, once again I think it happened, but the way it, the movie says or talks about it is a bit fry the fairy clean out of them yeah it's just i don't know it's they talk about it a bit odd i think but in but it is once again it follows the same steps i think Mm -hmm. and as in oh you try to shock him and like in my notes i call from from blood to lipstick from electric shock to electric guitar and all it did was make him bonkers anytime you heard electric guitar it's one of my favorite (laughs) lines in the movie yeah so that's well but that's once again channeling this pain like choosing if it's going to be disfiguring for you or it's going to be transformative for you and or transfiguring or whatever you want to call it it is that's that's i don't know i long story short i think that's so cool (laughs) period uh and it shows well yeah like one time uh mandy says like you know when you uh when you're abused like that you know you've touched the stars is yeah. something she says yeah. about Kurt. Mm-hmm. And it's it's okay. So but the problem being like, I was very careful to like, I'm always very careful when talking about suffering, no matter what the topic is. And that this once again, I also want to like embrace everyone who, who like once again chooses the transfiguring path, so to speak. And I I don't want to make it a banal binary choice or anything that's not what I'm gonna gonna do or anything but to understand how this movie presents it I think it's uh it's 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 easier so (laughs) I'm really sorry for that but yeah no it's I I do think that is such a beautiful conceptualization of it and of like queer pain you know like physical and emotional both it is that is like once again that is everything period. yeah and like that's one thing i really like about the new queer cinema i was like a movement that happened was that like it can take these like taboo or even dark things but instead of it being like oh what was me look kurt wilde had to go through electroshock therapy for you know for being a fruit oh you know isn't that so awful and instead we hear about this and where he got discovered by um in an incestual way with his brother who was yeah. forcing him um yeah yeah and so like it's, it's it's just like nope it's going there and it shows it happening to him and then cut to like him on stage set, setting the front of it on fire and like dancing through the fire like when we are introduced to Kurt it's um the the, the Stooges song uh, TVI and uh, mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor did all of his own singing in this, by the way. Uh, he's fucking incredible. Um, right. And we first see him, and I think it might be lighter fluid or, like, some sort of oil. It might be lube. But he is, like, pouring <laughs> it onto his naked chest. Yes. Uh-huh. And then later he pours glitter on that and then sort of, like, masturbates the tube of glitter into the audience. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Which, like... 
Love it. That's that is everything for me. <laughs> and then like is dancing through these like this fire that sets up and like what if the oil was like, you know, lighter fluid or something on his chest or something and he jumps through it. Like he you know, he you know, had electroshock therapy, you know, he had his like whole mind shocked and instead of like this film is like, no, we're not gonna dwell on that. Here he is, like, getting his dick out and jumping through the flames and just, like, being this, like, primal wild thing. We just saw the perseverance, which is yeah. uh, which surf- uh, subverts this potential yeah. really weird, once again, straight enjoyment. Like, it's so, like, heterosexual queer and almost kinky in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it, it's, it prevents this uh, heterosexual enjoyment of queer pain. By mm-hmm. just focusing on the preservation uh, of the character. Yes. And uh, which reminds me real quick. Uh, Frank, help me remind me to put like content warning. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just, no, 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 no. I, I forgot to do it in the beginning. Normally I do it in the beginning, but um, I, I should have. But yeah, no, we need to uh, just, uh, yeah, we need to put it in the description yeah. uh, mm-hmm. of, the, of the episode. Because uh, it, it goes places. Yeah, um, it, and it's <laughs> this, not afraid this... to. And that's one thing I love about it. Totally. And usually. When people say, oh, I'm not afraid to go places, I'm like, oh, maybe you should be. Um, but that's only because it's like, you know, a lot of people are handling those things poorly. Yeah. Like <laughs> using them as cheap narrative instruments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do I do violently hate that. But that's, mm, never mind. Uh, let's focus mm-hmm. on the positive real quick here. The Since we, we're talking about full frontal Ewan McGregor, <laughs> I can, it, it also, it, it also, once again, I'm, I'm going to say this every single fucking time, but it portrays queer relationships in such an interesting way. And what I mean with that, by that is that Brian Slade sees this concert of uh, Kurt Wilde. And uh, this is early Brian Slade, like not, not, not that successful Brian This Slade. is a man who sold the world, Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like the long hair, he's wearing the dresses, stuff like that. Yes. And he, he sees Kurt like, you know, being excessive. And... This is, which is very important that he is witnessed by Brian because, oh Christ, even this scene is so important because this is what later on what I'm going to be referring to when I say that we need to look at each other as a tool for uh, self-development and like dealing with ex- any existential threat regarding the queer relationship that we might all experience. And But this is so interesting because Brian observes naked Curtis uh, Kurt Wild, which then it is no longer just cheap uh, gratuity or anything. It is now this because he has already seen him naked. That's what I'm trying to say. So the desire that Brian feels towards Kurt is so deep. It is so it's so profound. It is nothing cheap and lustful. It is just it's, my favorite it's, thing it's, is like later he's talking to Mandy. And he goes, I despised him. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, that's the desire, baby. Because <laughs> yeah. he wants to be him. He wants to be able to do that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once again, that that's so important to... It's just so nice to be to watch a thing, to watch a piece of media that understands that. And because it, it, it's, it's like what I said earlier about like how this whole... Uh, straight perspective of queer relationship then it has to follow those straight rules in which within the straight rules of relationships the uh, the woman was never equal to the man and thus that uh, that paradigm is then also projected onto queerness by the heterosexual gay so to speak 
and mm-hmm. gays, not not G A Y S, but <laughs> gays as in C. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> for the record, by the way, and it's um, and you know that, that that's very nice to see that there is there there's meaningfulness to everything here, even when it is seemingly utterly gratuitous, and what which is how you should use gratuity, which is once again, not a thing that a lot of people understand. <laughs> a lot of people use gratuity in, in for uh, for its own sake. And which also, is nothing. Ewan, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. No, it's fine. Uh, Ewan McGregor, like in the script, he was just supposed to like moon the audience, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> be rude, Iggy Pop, and like moon them. And Ewan McGregor went, no, I'm gonna get my dick out. And he just like, <laughs> without telling me, he just like, took his pants off he like shows hole like he gets his dick out he's like jumping around and whatnot and like falls over in his pants and stuff and it's like we salute you um because it <laughs> that even you know besides just being like hell yeah he got his dick out it is like so much more of a like here he is bared yes right yeah, yeah. like this is kurt wilde this is his embodied queerness like this is not this surface level sort of aesthetic that Brian is sort of getting caught up into without having any roots because we don't even hear Brian himself. He is only aesthetic. Right. Yeah. Whereas and... Kurt Wilde, he is nude on stage in the flames. It's almost like some sort of like birth of Venus moment kind of thing. Right. Like, I don't know. He is like just like pure physicality and embodiment and relation. He's the one who says, like, um, uh, like he says, like you know, all these kids like it, being gay or you saying you're bisexual. It's a very popular thing to say right now. But if you're gonna be gay, you've got to make love in gay style. Uh, and quite frankly, most of these kids just aren't gonna make it. And then he says, you know, <laughs> I what? love the phrasing of that. By the way, I'm I know so sorry. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Um, and like, yeah, you can just take that as like, oh, you've got to like fuck to be gay. But more, it's like, no, you've got to like have that queer relation like relationships and not like you know being in a relation like having a partner but like relation to others and queerness that is making love and gay style and then he also says like it's a very popular thing to say right now that everyone's bisexual but quite frankly i think it's meaningless and that is when we get the interstitial meaning is not in things but in between them yes and yes that's that's (laughs) I think that's just once again still so sadly still very relevant because um, I don't know if you I don't know if you if you, if I want to talk about this but let me just quickly ask actually two things never mind <laughs> so have you seen uh, maybe you can help me out here Jay or Frank what is that movie with uh, Harry Styles in it oh uh, don't worry darling yeah so I believe and once again I don't want to really want to talk about Harry Styles ever. But um, my, my point here being, I like is that a song recall? of his. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it's fine if someone likes him, but it's more like. So why I never want to talk about him is because of the following line that I believe he said. He said something along the lines of, "Like oh, so many times in in in, in cinema, uh, gay sex is just two dudes going at it." And I wanted to add another dimension to it. I was like, "No, you were just uncomfortable doing a homosexual scene." And oh no, that's the other movie he was in recently. Oh, I, I'm sorry if that's. Which one is that again? Uh, I forget what it's called, but um, but yes, well, we, he was actually we know like which in one. A, he yeah. was in a gay movie recently. Yeah, and there's a lot to that movie. There's a lot of a whole lot of things to that movie with Shia LaBeouf and like a bunch of problematic people. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to get bogged down mm-hmm. into that, so I'm sorry for being potentially insensitive. I don't mean it like that, but I, I just 
I just don't. Google it if you want to know. Uh, we're not going to talk about it because there's already enough to talk about. Um, it is, so he, he said that. And this is just, um, I, I, I don't, I need, I just, I just want to grab him and tell him that gay sex is two dudes having sex. And yes. I, <laughs> it's, right? awesome. it's just, I am, I'm sorry for being banal here, but it's, it's, oh, it, it's, it's essential. And I, I like, do we want to talk about the sex scenes in this film? Oh, okay. definitely. Yeah, so I, 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 I want okay. to start off by saying that just sex scenes in general, and then we can like, yeah. feel free to talk about the sex scenes in this movie. Yeah. It's just sex scenes in general. It's funny because a lot of people like fellow progressive people as well are saying like, Oh, uh, sex scenes have no narrative narrative purpose, and I'm like, ah, mm, ha, mm, funny take. Uh, and funny even take, if uh, they didn't have any narrative purpose, I still want to see them. There's nothing wrong with just having like fucking happen yeah. uh, happen in the film, right? <laughs> and I understand that you want to like it, it is once again it's such a straight take. I'm sorry to say it like that. I I know that's a bit reductive of me, but once again I understand that for them the way they conceptualize sex scenes is usually as a victory of a man over a woman. Like once yeah. again we can talk in, we talk we can talk about heterosexual imagery uh, for far too long. And I don't think I, I want to. It's not it's not relevant, which is like the biggest insult you can tell heterosexual they're not relevant. But um, <laughs> other than that, it is it is so interesting to me that. That, that you would arrive at that conclusion. Like, once again, I understand kind of where you're coming from, but it's a funny take on, like, for me, because um, you believe that every uh, human experience is worth depicting, right? There's value to artistically, artistically portraying human experience, of which, whether you like it or not, sex is a component. And Or do you believe that there are not, there are things that are not worth, which portraying within the human experience is that where you're coming from because that's ooh, that's 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 weird i don't know if i like that if that's your take like if 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 so which things should be excluded then uh, i am of the opinion that everything can be portrayed within the body of art but so, so anyway long story short i don't understand people being against sex scenes once again sometimes sometimes they're done atrociously I'm not denying that but that's not an argument to just do away with sex scenes just to do just do meaningful sex yeah, scenes broad for- straight condemnation right uh, <laughs> right like it's such a weird ontological position to have i think I'm sorry pl- but please continue about the sex scenes in oh movie. before sorry. well like no like that's a oh, oh, before, before go we go ahead. on that I just want to mention something quickly about like Kurt Wilde and, and that scene in particular is like talking about in relationships, like what the relationship that Kurt is having with the audience. And so like a lot of people complaining, screaming at him, booing him, cursing at him. And he's like swearing back, carrying on doing his own thing. And he's like, yeah, fuck you too. I'm having fun. Screw you. He's so queer. Yes. He's so good. And it's like so deeply Ugh. on that. It's like, yeah, th- there is something deeply physical, but it's also like, the embodiment of a particular performance and like embodying literally and it's just like yeah it's Ugh. all that entirely and i think the fact that's like in him jacking glitter off come on. onto the onto them like it's like there's no subtlety and that's perfect it's, it's very so much good. like i'm here i'm gonna do this and fuck you if if you don't want to <laughs> like i'm gonna carry on being here anyway like it, it all back to that scene about a uh, jack fairy and like yeah, no, th- this whole stinking world is going to be ours. And it's like, we're going to make it ours every step of the way, even when we don't, and even when we fail. 
we're still gonna be doing that. It's like, you don't care, you don't like it, fuck you! It's like, I'm gonna still be here, and I'm gonna still be doing this in this way, and in the way that I fucking want. And that scene is so continuously perfect in every single way. I just... There's this glorious hostility. Yes! It. Yes! Yeah. Glorious hostility. We need to be comfortable with being hostile. <laughs> yes! It, it's very much like the opposite of like, oh, you know, but what will they think? Fuck them! Like, they're gonna think Fuck the em. worst possible things, and we don't need them to think any better. It's like, if it was up to them and what they think, would any of this be happening? No! Precisely the point. Fuck them. It's like, oh, you think I'm like a pervert fairy? Um, yeah, guess what? You're right. And isn't that scary? <laughs> Yes. And, oh, and and going so to good. the sex scenes, like, there's so much of, like, in th this movie, it portrays this, these particular ways in, like, what is sanitized and what isn't. And a lot of, like, what is an acceptable sex scene, especially, like, in a heterosexual way, it's like, oh, it's sanitized, it's very subtle, there's certain indications, then there's a cut. There can be such a thing as, like, personal preference, what you like, what you don't, that's fine. But, like, the, it, the usually was like an acceptable sex scene. It's very like, oh, it's this subtle thing. It's this like, you know, it's like sometimes it can just be about, you know, people fucking. That's good. Yeah. that's ha That happens a yeah. lot, actually. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Um, like, I, I really, I think Todd Haynes is really good at doing sex yes. scenes. Um, in all of the films of his that I've seen that have uh, sex scenes in them, they're all just like, really good as to like what is the purpose of it in the film like is it just fucking or is it like i really actually love the sex scene between brian and mandy um where it's like um this sort of like soft lighting and it's kind of dreamy and it like shows him going down on her um and we actually see a little bit of his like spit and like wetness on her stomach as he's kissing his way down and it's just like they're having fun and kind of like playing around and and then he like goes down on her and she's just like back arching and like getting into it and it's like really nice and lovely to see how these two people are having like like loving fun uh while they're having sex with each other like i think it's a really good scene but you're right it's like we like her legs kind of in the way like we don't really see much of like the act happening except maybe she's orgasming i can't tell <laughs> um then we there's an orgy scene yeah. um and there's not really sex happening in the orgy <laughs> scene it's just a bunch of like people like kissing and stuff and i love the line where mandy goes oh finally a woman <laughs> like because there's just so many dudes in it and she's just like oh thank god and like starts like lesing out it's so good <laughs> Um, but then at the end, when, um, Arthur, like, you know, Glitter Arthur is at, uh, the death of Glitter, death of Glam, uh, concert after the failed, you know, the fake assassination, uh, thing, um, he gets high on shrooms and he and Kurt Wilde actually fuck. Um, and we sort of see it at a distance, but like, you know you see thrusting and, and stuff happening. It's very clear yeah. what is happening. And um, Todd Haynes never said cut. And so they just like kept going for like 20 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, poetic cinema. <laughs> it's good. And like, but it's like this like psychedelic, almost mystical experience. Cause this is when the Oscar Wilde aliens come down and ring glitter on yes. them. Yes. Oh, yeah, they're <laughs> aliens by the way. Yeah. They're Oscar Wilde's an alien <laughs> by the way. 
Yeah. That's what we're like to believe. By the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was and, the like, first whiplash, one, actually. It's like, there's nothing, like, beautiful or soft, but, well, except for, like, when he, like, sort of strokes his face and his lips with his, like, chipped, like, um, uh, fingernail polish and, and everything to be like, hey, it's okay and whatnot. Because I'm assuming this is Arthur losing his virginity. Um, yeah. But, so there's that, that, like, hey, I'm here, kind of, like, it's going to be okay tenderness. But then you just, like, they're fucking... And then they, like, sort of, like, kind of hug and pause a bit while the Oscar Wilde aliens come down and bring glitter on them. And there's just, like, this – it's, like, nice. <laughs> um, but it's just, like, two dudes fucking. They they don't really make a big deal about it. Yeah, and I – once again, I think this whole approach to queerness is so good because I'm, I would like to uh, give two more uh, brown quotes. Like, so we have one in the beginning, and I found two others. And I think they are relevant, once again, to this uh, movie. And because, once again, the approach of queerness aligns with another Brown quote, which is, I'm going to quote, uh, the human body is not a thing or a substance given, but a continuous creation, which, uh-huh. first off, trans rights. <laughs> trans um, rights. Trans rights. And I did my tee shot right before this. I was ready. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but right. But it, that's such a, I think that conceptualization shines through in his work. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. That that's you know we are continuous creation both physically and mentally. Yeah, and like this film is about creation of a persona, of a time, right. of relationships. Like we see Brian Slade being created, we see Maxwell Demon being created. We don't really see Kurt Wilde being created. He's just Kurt Wilde, um, and we do Arthur, see a little bit especially. of. Um, of Brian, like, doing, like, the cute little, like, Little Richard uh, Tutti Frutti <laughs> scene, which is so cute. I love it. Um, and we don't really, I don't know if we see Arthur being created. Like, we see him being, like, teenager, and then he's, like, sad. <laughs> well, it's like uh, he fluctuates between, yeah. like, re- repressed teenager, denying that Brian Slade is, is like, a, a homosexual, then uh, the shame, and then... There's like, who hasn't little... jacked off at, like, the picture of Bowie giving, like, oral to his guitarist playing guitar? Like, who hasn't? <laughs> Whom's amongst us, <laughs> right? And it's, 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 um, it's just, like, going back to, like, like, going back and forth with, like, leaving the house, being at the death of, of, of Glitter concert, but then also, again, the uh, submergence of him becoming the seemingly heterosexual interview person uh Journalist. reporter there we go yeah <laughs> sorry couldn't think of the world and it's, it's a continuous creation it, like it goes back and forth emergence submergence yeah and i do think that's that's you know that's kind of a theme throughout the movie like especially for brian which is there's an important scene for brian that because despite being uh very focused on personal anti-existential queer liberation it is also <laughs> a condemnation once again of uh, queer art under capitalism, mm-hmm. and because uh, there's a very important scene like talking about endless creation and continuous creation of Brian being in a room full of suits with Eddie Izzard, which is head suit, <laughs> like this room full of once again white, old, presumably heterosexual men, and he discards his old manager for Eddie Izzard, and Eddie Izzard is the new manager, which once again Eddie Izzard represents big money. And like you know, capital and all that, like There's essentially. There's even a scene harvesting... where we see dollar signs flash in his eyes. Yes, yes literally. <laughs> I love that scene. And and once again, it it might open up because once again, this uh, this new manager 
uh, at the Izzard is I've, I've got the name of the Jerry Devine. Uh, yes, <laughs> subtle Christ. Yeah, of course. It would I might be. have this movie um, memorized. No big deal. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's so like that manager gives him a road to to Kurt Wilde, and it's it facilitates his further development in queerness only because once again it is very directly linked to revenue, yes. and I think that's like once again, Brian Slate is harvested. His queerness is harvested for profitability. So even as much as this movie focuses on the, uh, what once again Walter Benjamin calls the aura, <laughs> the spectacle of of interaction and being there, showing that this relationship that we build is not just a mental construct but a palpable force that is real, and even how visceral and I'm going to say violent but violent in a psychoanalytical <laughs> sense. Uh, I'm so sorry to do this, by the way. It, it's so it's so visceral and and real, even and it never discards that, it never diminishes that. But it does acknowledge the challenges that conceptualization faces under capitalism, and that is once again, again, it's everything. Um, I cannot stress how everything this movie is. This I'm movie so sorry to keep on everything. doing this. <laughs> this movie is literally everything. Like how and, many times when you were watching this were you just like, oh, that's everything at like a yeah, shot or no. something that happened? <laughs> Precisely. So it's, and, and that's very, I think that scene is very important. Like, you know, the ones again, them, Brian Slate being in this outfit that represents up to a point, metaphorically, queerness, contrasted to this row because it's they're literally in a row it's this it reminds me of like i don't know if anyone here has seen pink floyd movie like the the wall the movie. wall yeah like the, mm-hmm. uh it reminds me of like the school scene like uh mm-hmm. you know okay well if, if you know you know i'm so sorry but it's uh it's uh it reminds me of that this uniformity of the western administrative class uniform which is the suit and I, I don't know. I'm just going to stop here because I've already talked enough. I'm so sorry. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's it, it. It literally touches upon so many important things. And yeah, to just to sum it up, like queer art is at all times threatened by profitability. And profitability is not acceptance. Like being made profitable is not acceptance of queerness. And this our movie understands that. And that's once again, everything, <laughs> period. Right, like, it sort of touches on a, like, sort of, like, the the state of being where you are attracted to someone of, like, the same or similar gender as you and touch genitals with them. Like, that act of, like, being homosexual or, or something, that in and of itself is politically neutral. There's <laughs> yeah. nothing inherently revolutionary or radical about that and that is why queerness is and the gayness and i will say even like queerness itself is still often uh subsumed and reappropriated in capitalism and like in a move to fascism like there is queerness in fascism there is this radical queerness that actually is like rooted like when you have ideology when you have politics when you have this relationship this meaning in between right when you've had this like that kind of queerness that doesn't (laughs) lead you to like being like sucked up into a fascist capitalist state whereas if it's more just like this 
it's not rooted it's not moored in anything it's just a pose right yeah, it is accessible therefore to for yeah. everyone to make use of like right. insert insert u.s army recruitments literally allowing like trans like paying for trans surgery yep i believe like just the literal u.s army christ I'm, I'm sorry i can't talk i i will i'll make this a whole thing oh, never mind let's well i mean but so to give many, a very official like, example when i was um like first transitioning and mm-hmm. was going to like trans adult support groups most of the people like a good chunk of the people in there were old or like middle-aged or even older trans women who had been in the military and were getting care through uh the the va yeah like there is an inherent link in the united states at least but probably in europe as well so i'm just speaking about the united states of like trans people and the united states military because a lot of the surgeries were developed for soldiers yeah, uh, over here, I would say the recruitment spectrum, recruitment mm-hmm. thing is only ramping up just now. Yeah. But we, uh, they don't feel the need yet to predatorily, uh, in my humble opinion, target trans people. And it's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess it's... Uh, once again, as, as someone who is, is not going to be a fan of anything military-industrial <laughs> complex, you know, I, I'm just going to, like, you know, it's never going to be a thing for me, so I'm just going to... I just wanted to point it out as a very visceral example of what we were talking about, yep. I guess. It's, mm-hmm. um, if it's okay, j- just for Frank, I would get to the second quote real quick, because <laughs> I'm curious what Frank has to say about the following. That utopian speculation must come back into fashion. They are a way of affirming faith in the possibility of solving problems that seem at the moment ins- uh, insoluble. Today, even the survival of humanity is a utopian hope, which uh, I wrote below that. Future Leon try not to quote capitalist realism challenge, impossible. Um, but <laughs> one time I, won't, I, I, I won't. quoted it on Library Punk and Justin, one of the, the, the co- my co-hosts, did a drop on the soundboard that was like... Um, <laughs> um, a Mark Fisher alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Christ, that's so good. Um, uh, Mark I Fisher alarm, ask... that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. to be honest. I need that for... <laughs> anyway, it's... Uh... Yeah, so I wanted to ask Frank, is this a utopia movie? Oh. Because Frank knows a lot about utopia. I'm so sorry to, to like, shift you with this, essentially. Like, I mean... Just... Ram this between your kidneys. It's and, what I uh, work with, so, you know, I, I should. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it is, but not in the ways that we'd... Ex- I mean, definitely not with, with Brian Slade, but with, you know, the, the more subtle moments. With Arthur. Like with Arthur, with, with Kurt, with Jack. It's in these... To bring back what you talked about before, but like, oh, it's, it's a queer movie, but it's not just about queer suffering. It's... Yeah, it has suffering, a lot of it, but it also has a lot of joy. And it's like it's that militant yeah. joy, and it's like how how people end up having or creating moments of happiness, of joy, of creativity, even amidst everything. And sometimes that explodes and becomes the scene, as as we see in the movie. But then it's like it's ten years later, and it's like, well, and yet like Arthur still finds something worthwhile, and it's still able to pro- provide some uh, or provoke some sort of. Uh, well, brief chaos in um, in the persona of Tommy Stone, because uh, that seems magnificent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> but I think, like... Yeah, like, there's a great... Oh, oh. oh sorry, go ahead. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, 
but yeah, it, it, I think like it, it's utopian in showing like yeah where where things fail spectacularly, and also it's like where there's still a continuous struggle for like this existence. It's it, it's utopian in Kurt Wilde just saying fuck everyone else and like doing his own thing, and it's also utopian in Jack Ferry like doing things like yeah it's it's the death of glitter, but it's. The, we being here it's still just as important and it is utopian in Arthur getting the uh, the green magical gem uh, at the end of the movie and it's like just finding both in finding the story the story that he wanted for himself but also in like finding some sort of I don't know solace Fe- and connection with a past that he you know blotted out that he left behind and, and subsumed as you were saying it it's like yeah, this this was this isn't just something that's like, oh, I got over it. No, this this is me still. This is still a part of me. Like the self is oh okay, briefly. Uh, the self is not done. The self is that is then and now and it's still me and it's like, yeah, this even even as he briefly denies like no no I, I can't I, I can't it's like yeah no screw you, you're gonna get this thing. And it's like, yeah, th- th- this is important. <laughs> So, it is in everything else. I think like it is, it, it's utopian not because it shows perfection, but because it shows these continuous efforts for utopia, for better situations, for better joy, for better relationships, and you know, it's still fucking miserable a lot of the time, and you don't always win, but. You th- that moment, those brief victories, those moments, those performances, those th- that sex—it's uh, all just as utopian. Yeah, like at the end, um, at the end, there's like the, the throwaway line that like, he called it freedom. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of what represents this whole uh, <laughs> call it freedom while you, McGregor, and Christy Bill are having sex on the roof. By the way, <laughs> iconic. He but, even says, um, "I will uh, mangle your yes. mind." Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's the one. That's the hottest thing that you could say before, like you talk someone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, freedom you can allow yourself or not, and he called it freedom—a freedom you can allow yourself or not. Which is once again the the crux of ev- everything in this <laughs> in this movie, which I think is so great. And in my humble opinion, I'm not nearly as smart about utopianism as yeah. Frank is. Once again, that's Frank's thing, and I find it. I do find it fast, uh, endlessly fascinating. Like one of the things that Frank and I bonded over, I think, in the beginning of our relationship was like, uh, like you know, our love for uh, Ursula Le Guin, yeah, uh, yes. appreciation of Ursula Le Guin, which once again, uh, it's, which accelerated everything. <laughs> Le Guin is everything. <laughs> actually, let's make a podcast together. <laughs> yes, Le Guin is indeed everything, and <laughs> of course, everything. <laughs> every, every, welcome to the Everythingism podcast, and it's. Um, no, but that's that to me is for me that's the utopian aspect of, and he, here I, if you thought I was being pretentious, I, oh, 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 oh here is where it gets really bad. No, um, which which, you know, I, no offense, no offense to every, any dear listener, but if you thought I'm being pretty pretentious, you might be wrong, you might be right, but I can be so much worse. I need people to understand that. You cannot conceive the extent of my graciousness that I wield against myself in order to protect you, dear listener, from me. But other than that, um, I, I do think uh, that th- this is where, like, 
to talk about once again the conceptualization of the other and once again the beginning quote the uh, meaning of everything is in between and i do think this is like for me and this is something i deeply believe in myself is that allowing other people this freedom they mentioned um is the freedom of uh freedom from the fear of letting the other observe us and i do mean capital o other here by the way it is so as painful as it can be it is for them to see us and then to let this light of the other guide us on our way like it is so important to not close off you don't close yourself off from that which uh not to get very personal but i don't know if i've ever done that but i can definitely see how at times through my life i have not been open towards conceptualizing others that way as in other people the the other can define me and together we are once again this is how i see humanity that everything enhances each other like once again i don't necessarily believe in the importance of the individual even though the individual is sacred to me it is once again community that is important it is this interaction between people that is important and that makes life in my humble opinion worth living I'm not telling anyone what to do and how to see things but it struck such a uh such a visceral chord in, in in my psyche because once again this is that's what i believe in this this connection that drives everything which is the connection in between us or to towards other people i don't know if anyone wants to say anything about that or I mean, I have just everything rambling. to say about that, but like, <laughs> okay. no, like I mean, like, especially like one thing in this film is like the uh, how the aesthetic of Maxwell Demon gets sold. And so we even see other people looking exactly like yeah. Maxwell Demon. And so like his self is being commodified and scattered and it's nothingness right and it is just something to be bought and sold and adorned by others where it's also just hollow and empty i mean in the death of glitter scene arthur is also doing like the brian slade like maxwell demon makeup yes and and stuff he doesn't have the blue hair but he's still kind of donning that and like so when there's this like connection when finally like when he and kurt have sex and he like for the first time like has this sort of like oh this is what it's about baby (laughs) like both in a like having sex for the first time kind of way but like having that queerness as connection finally happening and where he sort of like doesn't i mean he's still got a little bit of the makeup on but it's not as like i don't know stark as it is during the concert like they are both naked now he has sort of removed um all of the like trappings of like trying to look like brian slade and maxwell demon and now he is being connected and sort of becoming one with this other person while also finally being himself yeah yeah like that's the thing here it's like there's connection but there's also the individual within the connection you yourself be you be like that you connect and like part of another person 
becomes part of you and vice versa. But then you're still you. It can be changed, but it doesn't completely dissolve, um, unlike what happens with Brian and Maxwell Demon. And there's this, like, wonderful quote that Kurt has when he and Arthur meet after the Tommy Stone show, like, adults in 1984. Um, And he says, we set out to change the world, but we only ended up uh, just changing ourselves. And to which Arthur says, well, what's wrong with that? And then he replies, nothing, if you don't look at the world. And there's kind of this, like, sinister, like, zoom out of, like, the bar that they're in. And everyone's kind of quiet and kind of looking at them. Because that's looking (laughs) at the world, (laughs) right? Um, Like, that they're currently in. Um, But that focus on, like, there is nothing wrong with changing ourselves and becoming together. But, like, that has to also, like, we have to be doing that for the world as well. Like, that connection didn't go beyond, like, themselves, I guess. I don't know. That was really rambling, probably incoherent. No, no, no. no, no. Terribly coherent. It's precisely... Yeah. No, I agree. Sorry, Frank. No, no, it's just saying it's coherent. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. uh, It's also precisely on... Uh, what I was trying to say, like the movie understands that relationship uh, relations or relationships uh, to others is not just a construct in the minds, but a palpable force that affects every fiber of our being. It manifests itself in our consciousness and also unifies nature with nurture in a meaningful way. I think mm-hmm. um, it, it, it the arguments presented within this movie effectively eliminates this idea that queerness is unnatural. Like, I don't, like, I think that's such a strong argument because I don't want to hear how bats are really gay and giraffes are really gay. When people say, like, oh, but queerness is natural. Giraffes fucking smell giraffes. It's like, shut up. Shut up. I know you mean well. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be mean-spirited here. But I I don't want to hear it. So this is what I mean when I say queerness is natural in in any way. I don't necessarily adhere to the idea that natural or naturality is meaningful but that's neither here nor there but the but what we can exclude is this idea that queerness is definitely not unnatural like mm-hmm. as a negative force to persecute queer queerness or remove queerness from society whatever and this like once again it understands that this relationship is a palpable force and that within the other we do not we might not see the divine we might not see everything but we do see the reflection you do of see the oscar divine. wilde aliens <laughs> yes you do see it. <laughs> yeah fair enough well and that's uh I don't know. well we, we the thing is like in terms of like that natural and natural like it, it the movie portrays it really well and it says like yeah who who is actually being violent who's actually being aggressive here and you know it's every single other person you know being awful, you know, um, yeah. using slurs, uh, being homophobic, being misogynistic. It's every. These are the people who are being unnatural in a sense. These who are being violent and hostile, and you know, it's like, yeah, it's um, it's fairly clear what what the movie is is showing and and what is is giving us in that regard. It's like, yeah, this. The, you, you're, you're gonna call this a natural like these people being nice having fun is like seriously that's that's your choice on this matter okay screw you then uh, I and, and like as far as oh sorry oh yeah I, I was just gonna or that, I was yeah. just gonna mention the scene is like when uh, Jack Ferry is just like in I think it's in a restaurant or something 
and he's just like yes. you know being camp being perfect and uh brief being, being everything, everything. <laughs> a brief parenthesis jack ferry is who i want to be when i grow up just like just want to make that clear my favorite character <laughs> best fucking style yeah so at the end instead of astrology it's like which character oh yes is, <laughs> is what we have to do <laughs> and, and he's just like in a restaurant or something being himself and he's like everyone else in the in the, the restaurant like just commenting in on him like the the waiters like other other people in the restaurant like <laughs> this one person's like being french and complaining which i i found La vie yes which i found <laughs> deeply amusing like that scene is everything it's like it's just like it, it truly shows how like the violence against raw existence there and that's like yeah the movie gets it the movie definitely gets it and shows it accordingly i'm surprised there's no i believe in my notes that somewhere mentioned <laughs> levinas like uh, emmanuel levinas which is like uh wrote a book about in the face of the other and in the in uh in this he i believe it's an essay actually never mind it doesn't matter um, he has like an extensive work about how relationship is once again this palpable force and also what you guys were saying the ones who say slurs are the ones damaging are the ones unnatural are the ones it is not normal to uh, diminish your fellow human being and this movie I'm very happy to say understands that quite well yes. I think by having such you know having such scenes in there um <laughs> Very, very small note, but um, just about acting. I think the acting is amazing. It's incredible. Uh, Tony fucking Collette, who is Australian, and then is doing a fucking Sally Bowles thing in here where she's both doing an uh, American accent and a British accent. Yes. Like, in like, like, oh, Tony. Tony. I love her. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And it's like, I'm very happy that despite the pain in this movie, there's no. There's a type of acting that I've grown very not fond of recently, which is uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but like uh, it's like uh, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, like every day I wake up in Los Angeles, like it's it's you know it's essentially white men yelling at camera type acting, and then every other white man going, wow, he's emotional, like shut the fuck up. It is um, I don't know if you've seen uh, There Will Be Blood, but uh, I've yeah. abandoned my child. Uh, like that type of acting. I'm tired of it. Uh, keep it. Keep it. I don't need it. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, that's my very unprofessional opinion about that. But despite having such visceral moments of pain in this movie, it is all very subdued, which is, once again, so queer, in my opinion. Yes. Um, like Because we are not allowed to be violent. We're not allowed to be... That's a, that's a heterosexual man thing. We We have to be, like, you know subdued and like not too loud and once again this can might be uh, ironically i just want to see queer people angry <laughs> like i wanted to see queer people doing oh, that stuff i love like, kurt right? when he's like fucking in the recording booth <laughs> freaking yeah. out yeah. Ugh, and, great but it is not it doesn't have the same energy as once again every day i wake up in la and it's like once again, I'm happy that the meme format came out of that because I've used it a lot. <laughs> it's a best but, meme. Uh, it's great. It's right, and it's <laughs> every day I get emails is my favorite meme. But it's I like it's it when other... it does the sometimes I feel I have to, and then it's him like punching the wall twice. Get run away, <laughs> <laughs> or it's tainted love. It's pretty good, but uh, it's yeah. Anyway, um, the very minor note. I'm sorry for that, but um, yeah. yeah. I'm happy that the acting is so purposeful in mm -hmm. every fucking second of the movie. It's I mean, mm, I like just kiss. like it's, people uh, like people are like so good at like doing like a person being a person while also 
the striking a pose type of right. like persona like especially Tony Collette she's so good at like moving between those I just Tony Collette <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I love her cannot say enough good things about I her mean like even even those. Christian Bale doing a, a fucking English accent is like and it's <laughs> no he he's British oh, he is he's Welsh actually oh. yes he is huh. he's Welsh like Welsh. in real life huh. yeah it's not, huh. it's not the same it's Welsh, not not English. Ah. So oh, is he Welsh? Huh. It's Welsh, I think. Oh hell yeah! I'm going to Google it now because I'm insecure. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, um. we'll discover something new. <laughs> um, but like, even his like his, it regards regardless of that, like just his like uh, his sexual awakening, like that, the tenseness and the subtlety of those moments, and like getting oh into like God. that's just so pure and so perfect and good, and just like, oh, you, you I just want to give you a hug. And I believe that he is a yes. teenager. And then I believe that he is a sad adult. Yes. Okay, he's Welsh. I checked. Sorry. That fucking performance and, like, whoever did the makeup, like, to help, yeah. like, get that, yeah, like, oh, my fucking God. Um, yeah. I did have another thing to say about the, like, um, relation becoming with the other and all that, but I didn't want to do No, by it. all means. Oh, I'm sorry for for <laughs> rambling. By the way, my apologies. Yeah, it feels really bad because I vent- I invited you on, and then I just kind of put you in the corner and said, "You're going to listen to me talk." And <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm, I do want to apologize for that. No, 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 no. So, um, so um, the scene, like, as far as like getting to see like queer people having emotions in this film, the scene where Kurt is sing- is performing "Gimme Danger." Which is a song, a real song by the Stooges. And I honestly yes. like his performance of it in this film better than the one that's on the album Raw Power. <laughs> um, and if you are all not familiar with the song Gimme Danger, the first verse is Gimme Danger, Little Stranger, and I feel with you at ease. Gimme Danger, Little Stranger, and I feel your disease. <laughs> There's nothing in my dreams, just some ugly memories. Kiss me like the ocean breeze. Like, it's so good. And then it goes into, like, now if you will be my lover, I will shiver and sing. But if you can be my master, I will do anything. And (laughs) the way that, like, he's performing this, he's shirtless. He's got, like, really good pants and boots on, like, everything. Um, he's wearing a collar. <laughs> yeah. And in, and he's also got a wrist cuff, like leather. Like, I know Iggy would wear that, but like, I feel like it's more intentional in this. Like, no, he's wearing a collar. He's wearing a cuff. Um, like, even though it is, it sort of assumes in this film that he is, you know, quote, topping and being more masculine, quote, 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 than Brian is. <laughs> like, Brian's the one that has all the power over him. Yeah. And when he's performing Gimme Danger, this is post, like, the assassination, like, the fake killing thing, and they've broken up. And, like, he, like, when you will be my master, he, like, puts his wrists together as if to be handcuffed. And he's, like, singing, and then he, like, falls on the ground and just starts, like, moaning, like, Gimme Danger, little stranger. And then, can you feel me? Can you feel me? I want to feel it. And, like, starts, like, screaming it and then getting on his knees going, like, I want to fucking feel it. Like, uh, <laughs> like this, like, showing how, like, 
this like connection with another person like this relation and then how that gets severed and then just like that like raw energy of like can you feel me can you feel it i want to feel it which is not in the lyrics at the end like at the end of the song it's mainly just give me danger and moaning that and then screaming that at the end but he's like laying on the ground doing this and it's just so raw and instead of showing him like getting like super mad and being like Rah, it's just like this like outpouring of grief and anger and desire and love and all it ah you and mcgregor is <laughs> good actually that is yes. my take you and mcgregor is pretty good at acting um uh. but this sort of like i don't know like not to get too much into like leather culture and like sadomasochism and like bdsm and like those kinds of power dynamics like the way that it's showing the power dynamic and love and how that merging of two people that connection happens with kurt and brian feels very in the spirit of like getting into a little bit of like kink power stuff and so then the oh, way definitely. that he's demonstrating his like grief i, um, I do think it's sorry so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. I do think it's interesting because it starts off with Brian being, again, from the heterosexual gaze, being, like, more feminine because he has long hair, wears a dress and stuff. But yeah. he does end up being more, once again, the dominant in the relationship, which, again, only confuses the small heterosexual <laughs> mind. In, um, but, once again, it plays with that, and I think that's very interesting. On a very minor side note, uh, since we talked about the stooge, stooges, and I won't elaborate this, don't worry, but down, the, down on the street... Is one of the most sexual songs ever. Period. Uh, that's that's all. I, that's it. That's send tweet. Yeah. Um, that's give me it. Na- <laughs> give me danger and I want to be your dog are like two of the greatest love songs ever written. Yeah. And I stand by that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, well, is there anything because uh, we're we're approaching uh, the mark where leon does want to edit anymore um so yeah like we uh, didn't even get to oscar wilde <laughs> mimi can now if if we can keep it brief i don't mind it's, uh... um i mean basically it's just like half the dialogue in this is either from um the critic as artist which is a sort of essay where he creates these two people Ernest and gilbert i believe who are talking about morality and art and aesthetics and like the difference between like critique and criticism um externally and then doing that as part of art but like not moralizing art and it very much fits into oscar wilde's um like socialist uh, almost anarchist mm-hmm. politics actually yeah um uh, so, like th- a lot of the quotations are either from that or from the picture of dorian gray this great definitely know, queer gothic text like they're in um the scene where arthur's in class is from the best chapter of Dorian Gray where he's just listing off all the shit he has uh, and how that makes him feel connected to all of these other people through time. Uh, you know, Dorian believed that somehow their lives had been his own. Um, and so much of Dorian Gray is about, like, how he tries to find connection and himself through, like, time and other people where he's just this empty canvas... Yeah, that other people paint onto, on yeah. um, precisely, and, and control, which is so, everything. Yeah, <laughs> which once again is everything. It's, it's everything. everything. <laughs> and it's there's everything. also this film has 
my favorite thing in the world, a sexy microfiche montage. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about this with, like, the horror vanguard people all the time. We love a sexy microfiche montage in, like, a horror movie where someone's going and looking through the archives and using the microfiche machine. (laughs) We love a sexy microfiche montage. Thank you, Velvet Goldmine. Totally. I would argue, no, I don't know if I would argue, but it reminded me a little bit about uh, of the importance of being earnest, maybe. Oh, uh, I mean, yes, a lot of the quotes, quotations are from that as well. Or Wilde would do this thing where he would be like, oh, that's good, and use it in like six things. So. Yeah. (laughs) No, definitely. But yeah, uh, Oscar Wilde, once again, it's not for naught that the that the opening scene is aliens delivering literal Oscar Wilde to a doorstep in a village somewhere. So it's yep. I don't know or in a city somewhere. So uh, it's so good. It's everything. Right. I love I love how it's once again. This is the greatest thing if it's done right. Which is and this thing. What I mean by that is does a wild thing and refuses to elaborate. And it can be obnoxious if you don't do it right, but if it's done right like this, I love it. It's it's so weird. It's so cool. I don't know. It's, yeah, like um, my favorite uses of Oscar Wilde in this, besides that like high school scene, is um, when um, he's doing the whole like um, estate sort of press conference where you got the little like Rocky Horror Picture Show Columbia person there, and it's all the suits asking him questions, um, and it's like, don't you, you know. Um, uh, you know, are you Maxwell Demon? Yada yada yada. And he says, "Man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Give him a mask, yes. and he will tell you the truth." Yeah. Uh, which is once again importance of being earnest as well. But yeah, um, yeah, it's in like six things. <laughs> yeah. um, there's the um, when we see Kurt and Brian kiss um, from the picture of Dorian Gray. The world has changed because you were made of ivory and gold. The curves of your lips rewrite history. Um, and I am not so shameless. Uh, oh, like, I am shameless enough to say that, like, I have said that to more than one person. <laughs> that is a line I have used. Amazing. Uh, why not? Props right? to you for and using then, uh, Yeah. And then, um, finally, the... Besides, nothing makes one so vain as being told that one is the center. Um, those are, like, some of the really good ones that are used in um, in this. Like, when he's arguing with Mandy, they're quoting Oscar Wilde at each other. Um, that whole press conference is Oscar Wilde. And then the whole, like, little, like, thing of everyone just being like, strike a pose and I only feel when I'm in palaces. And we're, it's just, like, fancy shit happening. Um, and it's, like, all wild. So Definitely. Whose whole um, thing was about like aesthetic philosophy and stuff. Yeah. Yes. And uh, was like kind of an anarchist. So, yeah. Definitely. Up to a point. Yeah. Uh, well, can I mention one last if, thing? If, Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. There's, there's totally so much. There's so much. I, 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 I wanted to briefly mention like at, at the very end something that I wrote down is like what musical performances do we see and listen to and like how we, we see Brian, we see Kurt, we see our. Well, um, no, uh, we see Kurt, which, the band placebo. Yes, uh, there's just so much, <laughs> but there is one which is just a significant, but we do not see, which is the last persona, which is Tommy Stone, which is this sanitized, easily, really popular thing, really, you know, um, 
uh, how do I say it, uh, marketed and marketable, and like how that is like at yeah. the other end is like no, this this really is not worth showing, not worth listening. This is nothing, and it being nothing is everything, actually. <laughs> it's like it's not everything; it's nothing, which is exactly. Everything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the end product of full capitalist recuperation yeah. mm-hmm. of square of full sliding into fascism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, sure yeah. That, I think that's it. Oh, and and one of my favorite things about this movie uh, is uh, f- full on unexplained zero context Polari. Yes, this is everything. Vada, Mistress Bona. A tarts, my dear. A tarts and gilded clobber. I fucking love Polari. It's the best. It's everything. <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> it is everything. All right, well, this was everything of this episode. You're um, <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to. I'm so sorry. I'm, uh, but otherwise, anyway, never mind. Um, yeah, do you, once again, do you want to plug anything, Jay? Is there anything? Uh, yeah, so again, I am one of the three co hosts on the podcast Library Punk, a leftist library worker podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Library Punk or our website, librarypunk.gay. Uh, we have the second best uh, leftist uh, podcast URL uh, out there. Um, and, uh, you know, wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Um, I'm on Twitter at underscore wild at heart, <laughs> uh, where it's the David Lynch film, but wild is spelt like Oscar Wilde, of course. Um, and oh, I crazy. also, shameless plug time, bam, 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 am starting up my own Patreon because we're all lousy with them now. Um, where I'm going to help people, like, learn about opera and get into it. Um, and I'm going to, like, make zines to give to people and do monthly, like, screenings of opera. And I'm very influenced by, like, a lot of, like, queer writing about um, opera. So I promise it'll be really fun. Um, so you can find more information about that on my Twitter. I'm launching it on January uh, 1st. So... That's amazing. Yes. I can wholeheartedly recommend it. I, I need to know more of that. I, I just like, I need to know more of that. I need to send that to a friend of mine, actually, who's going to love that. And he's a big opera fan. Yes. Yeah. I am a like self proclaimed opera queen. Like, so it's going to be fun. I can wholeheartedly recommend uh, Game Preservation is Not Poggers episode, which is episode 28 from Library Punk. Oh, uh, yeah. Since, you know, the, we have um, a Gab's on. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's it's an issue close to my heart, and it's uh, it's a good episode because uh, when I know it's a good episode is that I pause it to say what I would have said if I was on that episode. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's 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 a neurodivergent thing. Don't worry, it's not it's not being spiteful. It's um it's it's a neurodivergent thing. Like I'd, like I need to process my own thoughts, and like once again, it's an amazing episode. Um, so oh, go you. listen to that if. You care uh, since since we have some gamers here. Sadly, luckily, I don't know. I don't so, know what video games are. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. It's, uh, it's 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 the highest art form. I just Alongside, scream it's humans and quote Oscar Wilde all the time. To, to quote uh, a podcast description, it's like it's fifty percent of humans' greatest achievements together with podcasting. Um, <laughs> it's uh, video games and podcasting are the uh, end products of culture in many ways but um anyway so yeah uh, thank mm-hmm. you so much for listening everyone uh i am com- i don't want to be presumptuous but i'm confident jay will oh, return yeah. sometime uh Aww. if there's anything literature wise you ever want to talk about or something once again that can fit on hbm you're always welcome yes. truly i do have yes, a degree in english and 
So I yeah. How's that working out for you? Um, I'm a librarian, <laughs> so uh, I'm a, actually good. the dire- I'm like the director of a music library at a conservatory, so it's working out pretty good for me actually. <laughs> yes, protect all librarians; they are crucial to everything. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course, and uh, yeah. Anyway, so yes, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making it all the way to the end. If you did, uh, <laughs> I do blame you, and you are queer folk if you didn't. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you so much, everyone. Time.